I think the biggest issue for me is there's just no way I think you can operate a business without understanding what the inner workings of your practice is doing. And that's what KPIs represent to me. You're listening to the Dental Sherpas podcast, where we make it easier to transform your practice, get out of the chair and into the life you want. Well, welcome back to today's episode. As always, I've got my good friend, Dr. Cedric Lewis here from Honolulu, Hawaii, uh, on the line with me. Hey, Ced, how you doing? How are things out there in Hawaii? Oh, things are great, Matt. How are you doing? Hey, man, we're doing really good. Glad to uh, be with you again. I think we've got some good things to share today. Absolutely. Hey, tell me a little bit about your trip. I know you went to Memphis with your son uh, this past weekend. How was that? Yeah, for those out there listening, my son's 15 years old, and he and I have gotten uh, both gotten into uh, biking and mountain biking. And so we ended up in Memphis, Tennessee, of all places, which is my hometown, and did some mountain biking, hung out with some friends. One of the funnest things we did and most interesting things we did was we ended up just driving around the city. And because it's my hometown, I was showing him all kinds of things. And we had some friends with us. And we ended up down at the Lorraine Motel. Do you know the Lorraine Motel, Cedric? No, I don't. All I know about is Graceland. <laughs> yeah, Graceland. That's right. Home of the King, right? Home that's of the right, King, that's right. right? That's right. You know, being from Memphis, whenever I go to a restaurant and they have anything with Elvis Presley, some type of cuisine named after Elvis Presley, it's just a rule of mine. I always get the Elvis Presley whatever, right? So like the Elvis Presley platter or anything like that, I always get it because uh, it's my hometown. But the Lorraine Motel is where Martin Luther King was shot and killed in 1968. Oh, wow. And so they've taken this motel and they've turned it into the National Civil Rights Museum and they've actually just commemorated and almost frozen in time the scene when Dr. King was shot. They have the same cars in the same spots in the parking lot and all of that. And so it was really, you know, it was really interesting, especially with what's going on in the world today, to go down there with my 15-year-old son to read about what all happened. We actually ended up downloading a book and listening to it on the way back called Hellhound on His Trail about the assassination and about how the FBI and law enforcement came together to find James O'Ray. And so it was really interesting. Lots of great conversations with my son about, you know, what, you know, Dr. King meant to that movement. And it's just, it just a great time to have those kind of conversations with my son in the midst of what is happening these days today. So we had a great trip, man. Thanks for asking. Awesome. Yeah, good experience. Good to hear it. Well, what I want to talk about today is something that many doctors out there are going to be very familiar with the term. And we have, I think, a lot of consultants and business coaches to thank for that. But we, they may not know the depth of its usage and how to use it as both a tool for the business but also as maybe even a leadership tool. And what I'm talking about, said is this acronym called KPIs or Key Performance Indicators. Let's start there. What are key performance indicators and why are they important to monitor in a practice? I just think the easy way to understand what KPIs are, so think of them like your dashboard, like you, you're driving this car and you need to know, you know how much gas you got, you need to know how fast you're going, you need to know you have enough oil. It's literally a way of gauging the performance of your practice. And I think that's the basically it comes down to. It really gives you a tangible way of organizing and understanding how you can affect the performance of that practice by really focusing on a few really key things that your practice has to do in order for you to get the outcome you want to get. So why is it important to have those KPIs tracked and measured in the practice? Well, you know, as an old saying, you know, that what gets measured gets improved, right? So I think it comes mm -hmm. down to when you're actually going ahead and actually 
find these performance measurements in your practice, you're literally able to affect change. If you don't do those things or have some kind of organized methodology, you're just kind of hoping and praying and kind of hoping at the end of the month you've done okay. But in this capacity, you're knowing literally by the hour and some really, really high-tuned practices exactly how the practice is going to do throughout the day, throughout the week, the month, and the year. So as a practice owner, with how many team members do you have now, Cedric? It's funny. I counted uh, 75 this morning. We've hired a few more people. So we're approaching, you know, our goal within the next probably year or so is to be at 100. So we're on our we're on a growth track right now. Wow. And just for, again, for folks who are just tuning into this episode, tell us a little bit about your practices. Again, you have two practices there in Hawaii. How many chairs? Yeah, two practices. We got one practice has 10 chairs. The other practice has 10, but uh, the actual uh, three more plumps are for 13. And then, uh, like I've shared with Matt before, we're actually on the uh, precipice of actually acquiring a few more practices with the, uh, you know, well, I'll share it with you on, on air here. We're, uh, we've hired a, uh, a COO, a chief operating officer who's uh, been in the field of the medical service organization where he's grown several different offices and we're using his expertise and his experience to help us kind of grow exponentially. So I'm excited about that. That's awesome, man. Congratulations on that. That's phenomenal. And again, when you started with two or three chairs doing $28,000 a month in production, <laughs> yeah. as you have grown, one of the things that you've told me over the years is that as you have grown, your understanding of the importance of your KPIs has grown as well. How has your growing your understanding and the importance of these KPIs or this dashboard helped you get to where you are today with 75 employees? 20-something shares on pace to do 10.5 million in revenue, et cetera? Well, I, I think the biggest thing I can tell you is without KPS, before I even say, you know, why drag it, but without it, I really have no idea how my business is going. Like, I literally wake up every morning and I'm given a report on our key performance indicators to ensure myself that my managers are on point, that my team is performing how we want to. And it also gives me an idea of exactly what to focus on when I walk into the office in a daily scenario. I think the biggest issue for me is there's just no way I think you can operate a business without understanding what the inner workings of your practice is doing. And that's what KPIs represent to me. My brother is a airline pilot. And one day I asked him, I said, his name's Sam. I said, Sam, when I get on that jet and I look in the cockpit before I go to my seat, I see all these buttons all these dials, all these levers in there. Do you need all that to fly the plane? And he said, Matt, you know, all those buttons and dials and all that stuff are all important. They all have their own purpose. But really, I need about five of those dials working properly for me to be able to fly that plane. And he said, and my training as a pilot is to be able to study those dials, to study those instruments, and know when those instruments are changing or they're telling me certain things are happening inside that aircraft, my training then takes over to know which levers to pull to get that dial back to where I need it to be. So for instance, if I'm looking at my altimeter, it starts telling me that I'm losing altitude, then I'm trained to know what levers to pull when my brother described that to me, he said, I thought, wow, that's really the same in business. The same is true in business. We all have this dashboard. And in business, if I know exactly where my dials need to be, I know what I need to be measuring, then I also can know which levers to pull to make that dial get back to where it needs to be so that we know that the company is performing the way we need it to perform. So one of the things that I have 
learned from you, said that you have a very unique view of KPIs. You've said that what you're doing is you're really tracking behavior. So we're looking at these numbers in your practice, but you're really tracking behavior. Talk about that a little bit. Yeah, so I think one of the things that I may differ about viewing KPIs, I don't look at them as like a, a fixed or like a set entity. Like there's obviously things that most people track, which is obviously like productivity and new patients and hygiene appointments. And those are all incredibly important but what I like to track is kind of like where our opportunities are. For example, like a lot of times I'll look at like what kind of thing do I think if we really focused on as a company would really rally the performance in that environment. So I'm looking at environments like, like how do I go about like getting my doctors to think about like making their treatment plans a lot more palatable to patients so they can actually get better acceptance rates. And so we'll track things like, like I learned from Dr. Bickling out there in Baltimore, like how do we get the likability factor down? So I always look at it as a moving target, not to confuse people on this podcast, but I think what I try to do is I look at the behavior that I know will affect the other KPIs and push them in the right direction to ensure that when I'm looking at tracking those behaviors that other KPIs will benefit as well. Right. So to, to simplify that just a little bit, we're all tracking you know, production, right? And then we're all tracking in our practices or we should be tracking collections as a percentage of that production. Correct. And then to kind of move down the ladder a little bit, we have to tie or we should tie that collections to, you know, number of appointments. We could also tie that to acceptance treatment plan acceptance rates, right? So we can track all of these things, but what you've done is really dialed in to say, okay, well, what behaviors can I track that will get me to that production and collection number that we want, right? So kind of breaking it down all the way to behavior. I had a friend of mine tell me that, you know, like the IRS tax code, when you start to read it and you start to get some expertise in it, what you realize is that it's really for business owners, it's really a behavior modification system because what the tax code does is it allows, it says, hey, we think this is, it's good for society, for small businesses to hire people, to make investments in their business, all those kinds of things. And so they give us tax incentives to do that, to modify our behavior so that we'll continue to do things that they've deemed are good for the economy as a whole and good for our society as a whole. Is that really what you're talking about here in the practice as well, that we're kind of a behavior modification system or tracking system? Right, absolutely. I think the one differentiator that we do is that I think a lot of people track KPIs and they track performance. And like we just talked about before, what I'm trying to do is dial it down even more so so I can affect the great behavior behind it. However, what a lot of times there's a uh, missed opportunity there that with every scenario where you're trying to improve that behavior, there needs to be a reward system behind it. You just simply can't track numbers for numbers sake and think it's going to really win hearts and minds. So based on what we do in the practice is like affecting the behavior by tracking those things. If that behavior goes in the right direction, there needs to be an incentive system or reward system in place so that the people believe that as their behavior improves, the practice improves and then reward as a benefactor that or benefit of that, excuse me. Yeah, so we're not, so you're not only using those KPIs as the behavior tracking or modification system, you're actually using it as a leadership tool. You just said you use it to win hearts and minds of your team. Absolutely. Yeah, I think that's the important thing, right? You have to get to a level where there's a win-win scenario in the practice. Like as if they're going to do this behavior and not only do they want to affect the success of the practice, 
you have to make sure that they feel there's meeting to themselves as well. They have to feel as if they're part of the process. They're winning. The practice is winning. The patients are winning. So by doing it in that fashion, you're more apt to have a successful outcome when it comes to doing it that way. Man, I'm just sitting here listening to you and just nodding my head. This is so important. I mean, for folks out there listening, I, I think, you know, doctors all the time say, hey, I, I never got any business training. I got trained in how to be a doctor and I didn't get trained in business. And so what a lot of times consultants do, and not this is not a bad thing, this is really kind of a base camp idea, a foundational idea is they come in and say, well, you need to be tracking things. But now taking it deeper and saying, hey, tying business and business measurables to the hearts and minds of your team is really the, I don't want to use an overused term, but game changer is the only term that comes to my mind. I mean, that's really the game changer. Not only being really good at tracking the business, but tying it to the hearts and minds and winning the hearts and minds of your team, tying them to something, to a mission that's larger than themselves and using KPIs as a conduit to do that. I, I think that's incredible, Sid. Well, I mean, I think that's the important part, right? I mean, if, you, if you're a practice owner and you're like, I call it speaking in tongues, if you're just talking numbers and talking to <laughs> You know, but what really wins the hearts and minds of your team is it's a bigger purpose, right? I think if you're going to start, like we talked about in our last podcast of being, you know, having a mission, having a mission driven principles and how you run your practice. If you're going to start there, your communication needs to be consistent with that with everything you're doing, right? So if you're going to have your KPIs out there, if you're tying it into the mission driven principles, there's a buy-in. But with a the buy-in, there also has to be a reward system. So everything has to kind of tie into itself. So it's this ecosystem of a practice that's really designed so that everyone, like I keep saying this, everyone has to feel like they're winning and they're part of the greater good. So let's get practical here. What are some of the KPIs that you track? And then also break down, you don't have to give us all of them, but just break down, I'm looking for one or two that you use to track and encourage behaviors and kind of how you do that. Well, I mean, for us, we, I try to keep things really simple. I mean, like, you know, it, it's, it's a KPI that most people track, but the way we track it, it's a little differently. I think people all track their hygiene, production hygiene visits, or, you know, basically there's some level of keeping a KPI that involves hygiene. Can I pause you there for a second, Sid? As sure. I talk to doctors around the country and I ask them how many hygiene visits they did last month. Yeah. I would say 90% of them that I talk to have no idea. Here's the, here's the response I get. They go, well, let's see, my hygienist, she sees, she usually sees, you know, she's here six hours a day, maybe. And they start kind of making up this math. So back up just a second. Let's don't blow past that. One of the things that you track is number of hygiene visits, right? Absolutely. Yeah, I mean, there's a, a big correlation to the amount of hygiene visits you have will have a direct effect on how the practice does. And we, we were very we we're very tight on how we actually measure how many hygiene visits we have coming in. I can go into a whole different podcast of how, how tracking the hygiene befits a practice success or failure. But for this podcast, what I want to talk about is just, you know, how we go about tying it into the win the hearts and minds of our team, how the team okay. benefits and how they actually get rewarded. So in our practice, like we talk a big, big thing about having an impact on the community. Like how do we have an impact on the oral health of our particular community? And probably the most well-recognized basis of oral health is getting your teeth cleaned every six months. And so mm -hmm. we look at it as being like, we're not looking at it as being like, we're going to clean your teeth any better than anyone else, but we want to have the biggest impact on the community and get as many people in our office as possible to improve oral health in our community. And so mm -hmm. that's one of our mission statements. Like, let's take care of our community in a way so we can improve oral health. How do we do that? More hygiene comes into our business or our practice. Mm -hmm. So that's a big thing for us. 
The second thing we talk about is like from, from that perspective, how do we go about getting those patients at the right times that befits their schedules, right? So I'll go into that in a second here, but just let's go back and back up into the hygiene. So how does it benefit my team? Well, my team is gonna basically benefit from the fact that number one, the more hygiene that comes in, right? The more effort there is to see people who come in for checkups. If people need any dental care, our doctors can help those patients out. And what it befits our team is our team realizes that at the end of the day, the more hygiene that comes in, the healthier our practices. So we build a KPI based on how many hygiene visits we have per month. And there's actually an incentive system to that. So what we do is we track a three-month rolling average of all the hygiene visits coming in. So we get an average. And we affix a percentage of growth to that to make it a bonus or to make it a target for us. So we basically put it and make it easy. Some, I know some doctors out there do percentages or, well, if you do 10% better or 15% better. I really, do, I want to make it easy. I want to make it approachable. And I want my people just focused on just getting more hygiene in there for the sake of our community and our team. So I pay every person in my company for about three-month rolling average. Any patient number above that three-month rolling average, I'm going to pay everyone in the company $5 per patient. So if let's say, for example, we have 20 more patients in the month of August over the three months previous, I'm paying everyone $100 in the company. And you might think to yourself, oh my Lord, you're, 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 you're killing yourself. You're paying all this money out to your team. But what doctors and business owners fail to realize in that environment is that by having 20 more people into the practice, that has grown our company exponentially, not just in the production that comes off that patient coming in for the hygiene visit, but for the restorative care for the marketing and for the fact that those people are gonna come and get a good experience and they're gonna be hopefully missionaries for our practice to grow our practice even larger. So what I'm trying to do is reward the behavior of creating kind of a, a, an attitude of abundance, an attitude of like, hey, this is we're doing something that's gonna affect the community, that's gonna help our team, that's gonna help our patients, and more importantly, we're gonna create more missionaries for our practice to actually grow our practice even further. Yeah, so many, so many doctors view their hygiene in its own silo. And they look at the revenue of just the hygiene as just that only thing that comes out of hygiene. But what you're looking at is you're looking at not only the hygiene revenue, but the restorative care that comes out of that. Because let's say every one of those 20 new patients is worth $500 in restorative care to the practice. You're easily out earning that $100 that you're paying to everyone in the company by having those. I'm talking about just in that one visit, that restorative care, the average production per patient is $500, you're out earning what you're paying out. But then also, many doctors fail to see the lifetime value of that patient. Mm -hmm. Them coming back, as you said, that word of mouth, I love how you say missionaries for our practice. So you're incentivizing based on this mission of serving people better or serving everyone better, or say that again, you say serving. Serving people better. Yeah, that's definitely yep. our core value. So again, I want to tie in, like you might've heard me say earlier in, in this conversation that I'm really trying to live out the mission of the practice by every kind of decision we're making or processes or procedures, we have to be kind of consistent with that. And the more importantly, that's what wins hearts and minds. If your message is consistent, your message is tied into what you're, you're, your vision is right. And right. To, to Matt's point, you know, I think so many times in the beginning, doctors look at that as being, oh, it's frou-frou, that'll have no impact. That's all that kind of nonsense you see in self-improvement books. But that's the stuff that wins your team. That's the stuff that has the impact. That's the stuff, if you can build off that, then all the tangible KPIs that you're probably 
pouring into and looking at and wondering why it's not moving, that's when the stuff starts moving in the right direction. So you're saying for your company, the mission is, and you're repeating this over and over again to your team members, we're here to serve people better. We're serving people better. We're serving people better. And then your KPIs you're using to say, how do we know if we're serving people better? Exactly. And exactly. And that's how we define it by the hygiene, but go ahead. I'm sorry. No. And then as a business owner and company owner, you know that those KPIs, measuring those KPIs also lead to business success, right? Because that production per hygiene visit, all of those things that end up turning into revenue so that you can do more and more of your core mission, which is serving more and more people better. All of that stuff that you need to see as a business owner is there, but I love the way that you're using the KPI and your communication to your team to tie to your mission that makes it bigger than themselves. And like you said, wins their heart and mind because all you're doing now is tracking, Hey, we've all said we agreed to be about serving people better. How do we know if we're serving people better? We're going to measure these certain KPIs that you guys track. Absolutely. That's where I think sometimes doctor owners get confused. They think that what's going to catch the minds and hearts of their team is strictly the number and strictly the bonus they're going to get off it. But unless that ties into that greater goal, you know, it's really not going to move your team. You, you know, a lot of times we get kind of caught in this belief that it's all about the money. We just need to pay them more and just bonus them more. But I agree. Let, let's get our team paid well. Let's get them bonus. But unless there's some kind of level of commitment and buy-in on what you're trying to do as a team, you're going to have a hard time selling that to your team. That's great. Well, I've appreciated this discussion. It's really given me a lot to think about as I work with dental practices around the country. And it sounds like probably next week, what we need to cover is both mine and your philosophy around hygiene being the backbone of the practice. Does that sound good to you? Yeah, absolutely. That's going to be, I think, a distinction that we can kind of dive into the details that we were kind of getting into in today's conversation, but we can really provide some good context for docs. That sounds great. Well, thanks for your time today, Seth. To all you out there listening, we hope you have a great week and we'll check in with you next time. Aloha.